Welcome back to On the Mic with Mike Peters. Hope everyone's doing well, staying safe. It is May 22nd, and you're listening to an interview I did with Dario Joseph, a fantastic comedian from Rochester. He was Rochester's funniest person in 2014, moved to New York City, came back to Rochester recently, and we talked about his development as a comedian, his love of the 90s, and our mutual love of Taco Bell. So you're in for a very big treat, especially if you go grab a Chalupa Supreme. Trust me, your life will never be the same. Hope you enjoy this one. Dara and I had a lot of fun doing this. Please stay tuned. Rate and review the podcast. I'll talk to you next time. Peeling back my sunburnt skin. I'll wait outside your bedroom. I hope they let me in. Thank you so much for making the long trip from your couch to your office. <laughs> yeah, I'm in my loft. This is my space in the house Dude, now. Did you just get a new house? Yeah, yeah. My wife and I, um, my wife mostly, but yeah, uh, we bought a new house together. We're back in Rochester. After living in Brooklyn for four years, and now we're back. We bought a house. During the pandemic, we bought a house. <laughs> Was it like a sale? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. We got to move this house real quick. Uh, <laughs> Don't mind the bodies in the basement. It's fine. That's right. This house was infected, so <laughs> they had to move it off the market. Um, <laughs> no, there wasn't really a sale. Actually, it was kind of kind of a sale because we were renting the house for a while. It's my wife's one of her girlfriend's friends that owns the house, and so he basically emailed us and said that like he's going to put the house on the market. He's like, "Do you have any interest in buying it?" And we we're like, uh, "I guess." We've been thinking about it. We weren't completely prepared. We we're like, "Okay, sure." So we didn't have to go through all the whole realtor and all this shit, you know. And we have all our stuff here already. So, <laughs> so I saw a photo on Facebook of you guys right in front of the house. Like that was the house you lived in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So we didn't really move or anything. So right. it's like, uh, we moved back in, what was that, June or July? Since we've made it our own, you know, we painted some right. rooms and did some stuff. But yeah, it just kind of passed ownership a little bit. I still think you deserve congratulations on that. Like, yeah, you got, you guys are a millennial couple with a house. Right. You've done, the, you've done the impossible. It's a big deal. I know. We'll see <laughs> if we make it, though. But we're both... Uh, <laughs> The good thing is we're both essential workers, so we're both bringing in paychecks still, so that's a big deal. You don't work together, right? No, no. She's a teacher, and I work at the bank. Oh, so you're actually out of the house, and she's in the house. That's right. Yeah, yeah. She's okay. doing some virtual teaching, and I'm actually I'm still reporting to the bank every day. Do you have any customers at the bank, or no? No. So we got, like, our lobby is closed. Um, it's by, like, appointment only, so we're doing drive-up only. But we're doing literally every transaction through the drive-up, so whatever you need, we're doing through that do you work but at m&t no uh it's oh, like a local I, need, one. I need a new checking card i was gonna do it here uh, <laughs> <laughs> no i can't help you sorry damn it this is a local like community bank that has like well, they have like 27 branches here but they're they're a great bank so i'm happy with them so i met you what i mean ilhan ali pointed you out and we talked there but we did a show what god it seems like months ago now but it really yeah, was, was at the end of uh, February. yeah yeah february 29th i think at seneca right. lake man you had a great set i think we all did but you had a killer set at the yeah. end what i liked about you is that you're very conversational on stage and it seems like the audience kind of digs in for it it's like all right yeah. we're, we're ready we're part of the show yeah no definitely like i try to like kind of you know weave my jokes in and out with you know crowd work and just kind of like asides and stuff so some of these jokes are jokes I've told a million times, but I don't want them to feel like that. You know, yeah. it makes it fresh for me too. And I'm like, okay, how could I bring this about, but in a real natural way? Yeah, that set was great. I've actually listened to that set a few times because, like, during these the COVID times, like I've been like trying to remind myself that I'm a good comedian. <laughs> <laughs> so that set has been really, um, you know, a keystone in my mental health right now. So you could, then you could, you've listened to it a few times. You could remind me the guy in the front, he had a knife on him, yeah. right? Like right on his holster. Yeah. So something I found out afterwards, he had a knife. First of all, I, I noticed that because I was going to like sit on his lap at some point. I made a joke about sitting <laughs> on his lap. And then I looked down and he had a knife. On. I was like, okay, I'm not going to do that. And then turns out he had like a fake leg. So I didn't know that. He's I didn't like, know that either. Yeah, yeah. He told me afterwards. He's like, oh, good thing you didn't sit on my lap. I have a fake leg. And I was like, oh, shit. 
right. Thank you for your service. How would you have explained that splinter? <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I got a splinter in my ass. Oh, I just, I sat in a leg. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, there's a gentleman in the front row, and I just so happened. I had to <laughs> give him a lap dance. <laughs> I wonder if you could, uh, you can get like workman's comp for that. That's a work time injury. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. On the job, on the knee. So yeah. you started what, almost 10 years ago? Uh, yeah, I've been doing it for like eight or nine years. I'm, I think I'm coming up on nine years now. You started in Rochester and then moved to New York City? Yeah, yeah. I started in Rochester just doing, well, first I started, you want to hear like the beginning to the beginning type thing? That's the yeah. only part I want to hear. I want <laughs> so like, The only thing I want to hear is the time you sucked. I want nothing yeah, yeah. to do with your good stuff. We've already done that. Right, right. Well, I first started off doing improv. So um, that was I don't like hear about that. no, you don't want to hear that. <laughs> no, nobody does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, this is a fun story because I got obsessed with this one troupe, and like, uh, I did a bunch of improv, right? And then I auditioned for them, and uh, I was like friends with everybody in the troupe. And then they, uh, I auditioned, and they rejected me, <laughs> and that's when I started doing stand up. So started from the bottom type of thing. It's funny because, like, obviously you have to audition and whatever. But when I hear improv. I think anybody can join, you know, like, right. like we're all a part of this. So obviously people do get rejected, yeah. but it just sounds weird to me. I know. Yeah. It, I was pretty crestfallen, man. It was, it was tough, but there were still my friends afterwards, but then I was just like, fuck you guys, I'll show you, you know? <laughs> so, you know, so I started doing stand up probably like pretty soon after that. My first mic was at a uh, Boulder open mic in Rochester. Still, it's still around, still, right? Still around. Yeah. It was on Sunday nights and now it's on Monday nights. Yeah, that was one of the best mics in the city. Uh, basically, everybody came out for that, and they would draw like a solid crowd for an open mic, especially. Yeah, it's always the hard part. Like with the, like, I run one in in Binghamton or Endicott, really, and <laughs> it almost feels like uh, like every time we gain momentum, we get a mm-hmm. pandemic. <laughs> you know, like like something happens where we'll have like three really great weeks in a row where a lot of comedians come out and a lot of audience members. And then we'll have a holiday on a Monday or Tuesday where yeah. it's just closed. And then we have to start over again. Now we got a pandemic and I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. So hopefully I mean, this, Boulder doesn't hurt at all. Yeah, I know. This year has just been cursed though. I feel like even Kobe passing away kind of fucked up comedy for a minute too. The fucked up part about not, not that his death wasn't fucked up, but like, all, like the first mention that anybody has posted on Twitter about COVID nineteen, yeah, was the day Kobe Bryant died. Right, it's like that article is right on the the side mm-hmm. of it, and on the New York Times. It's like so maybe if he hadn't died, everybody'd be right. okay. He was the domino. He, he he knocked all that shit over. I didn't expect to talk about Kobe Bryant, but the last NBA basketball game I've seen was his sixty point game. Oh really? And Damn. yeah, and like I I was huge basketball fan in the nineties. And early 2000s, I was a Timberwolves fan. So okay. in Garnett and Marbury and Gugliotta. And, and then, you know, Spreewell and no, Spreewell was the Knicks. I think of Terrell Brandon. I think so. Yeah, Spreewell wasn't with the Timberwolves at all. Jeff, Jeff Teague maybe on that team. I don't know who was on <laughs> Yeah, Jeff Teague probably was on everybody's team. Like everybody needed a Jeff Teague. It's real but, dirty, man. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I stopped watching. And then the same day, uh, Kobe did, had 60, the Warriors won 73. Okay. So like, so I figured, all right, I'll tune in for those games, and then I tuned out again. Oh man, NBA is my my favorite man. I I miss that so much. It's so crazy that like the NBA was like the first thing to react to the call. So like, the, a couple of guys got it in the locker room, and it was like almost in real time that they started yeah. shutting things down. That was it. I don't think baseball would have done that. Right. I think you know they just said, well, we have enough play. Maybe not. Maybe it could be wrong. But good thing it happened, obviously. I don't know what they're going to do with that season either. I think it's just all going to be washed away. I know. It sucks, man. I love the NBA. I love the playoffs. I've been watching all the 30 for 30s now. Um, you were talking about the 90s basketball. So I watched, I've been watching a bunch of those. I watched the magic, the magic moment with Penny and Shaq. That's beautiful. I always feel like Anthony Hardaway was maybe the most talented player I watched. Mm-hmm. And if you ever go back and watch his highlights, like his YouTube clip, it's amazing. I mean, oh, it's, yeah, no, you don't know fantastic. you don't know how he did any of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, it, I've been watching the new, obviously, the, the Jordan doc. Yeah. The last that was game. really well done. Yeah. Just how he attacks the basket, basically. He's just like, nobody's going to stop him. He's got like every move that you'd ever see. And like Penny had that too. So it was kind of crazy. Just relentless. You couldn't defend him. I always forget that Penny was, you know, he was the next Michael Jordan too. Right, exactly. I mean, it, yeah, you could see it when you watch him. 
Last what night I, I watched the Reggie Miller one too. Are you a Knicks fan? Um, I don't know. I was with those teams. My parents were big Knicks fans back then. You couldn't not be because that team was amazing. Uh, which but, ones? Um, the the ones with because there were two of them really. Ewing and Starks, and then and then Houston and Johnson and Sprewell. Right, right. I guess like those both of those. Yeah, Starks. And then later on, like Childs and then like that whole team too. My best friend Jeff was a huge Knicks fan. And mm-hmm. he watched like something like 500 in a row, 500 games in a row. And we, <laughs> we were down in my room watching the Knicks. I think it was Knicks Pacers. It was Knicks Pacers where he had the finger roll yeah. that missed. And Ewing missed that finger roll. And I replayed it on my little Nerf hoop in my bedroom uh-huh. maybe two dozen times. And my buddy left the room. He just went home. He's he's like, fuck you. I can't take it anymore. (laughs) Yeah, those those are some fun teams, man. It's crazy how much they like beat the shit out of each other. Like literally. (laughs) Yeah. And I've heard like, like that's, you know, the nineties basketball isn't good for the game. Like actual basketball. I don't know. I had fun watching it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it has its place, I guess, in, in NBA history. Because now the guys like make fun of it now. And they're like, oh, it's all finesse game and everything with the shooting. But now, like when you watch that, guys are like just straight up clotheslining guys and just elbows being thrown. And Bill Lambeer, I I don't know if I've ever seen him take a shot. I'm sure he's taken a shot or two, but I have never uh, seen a highlight of Bill Lambeer putting the ball up. It's no, just him clotheslining somebody or you right. know throwing somebody into a chairs. No, he was a goon, man. He was an enforcer, so he didn't need to do any of that. <laughs> Did you play sports growing up? Yeah, yeah, played soccer early on, and I got out of that. I think I had like asthma as a kid. And so like soccer was like during the fall and like uh, I'd like run around outside and my like chest would get all tight. I told my mom that uh, I had thick legs. <laughs> I think I still do. I don't know. But I think I've uh, I've accepted them. And, right. Uh, she's like, oh, no. I'm like, look, look at my legs, mom. My legs are clearly thicker than every other kid. I don't know. I was very conscious about my legs as an eight-year-old, apparently. Then from there, I played basketball. This is funny. So in eighth grade, I was on the eighth grade team. I was like a power forward, 5'10". And then by like my junior year, I was like a shooting guard at 5'10". Right. And then by my senior year, I was uh, taking guitar lessons. So uh, (laughs) that was it. (laughs) It was clearly over for me. be like, no, this is not going to work. Yeah, I, I guess I that's the know. good part about being a comedian. Like, you don't need to be tall. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't start comedy until way later. But, um, yeah, I found some other things. I, I did play baseball. I think that was my sport that I liked the most. I went to a, a high school that was, like, far away from me. I was an urban-suburban kid. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Not in Binghamton. We just oh, have, no. like, okay. six schools and, like, we just go. Yeah, so we had uh, urban-suburban here in Rochester. Where it's like I lived in the city of Rochester, and then they bust me out to like suburban schools. It's like a program that was like started in the sixties to like promote diversity, basically. Yeah. Okay. Or like help the basketball team out in <laughs> suburban schools. <laughs> Mar- <laughs> so, Maryland has them, but they they're called magnet schools. Ah, yeah. So I, I yeah. used to cover sports in Maryland, and every once in a while you get a new school that popped up and was immediately good at sports. Right. And you're like, how yeah. does that work? Like, yeah. oh, that's why. They they don't recruit, but they recruit. Right, exactly. They got all the best athletes yes. in the whole area, right? Yep. Yeah. And it's always yeah. like the biggest school in the world, too. You're like, okay, mm-hmm. this isn't suspicious at all. Right. Yeah, the year before, everybody was focusing on fundamentals, and then they got a couple of black kids. <laughs> and we're like, never mind. Just pass it to Tyrone. We're good. We, I was a sports editor down in Maryland, and this is one of the funniest things that ever happened. We covered a school called Chesapeake, which if there was a black kid in the school, I never saw one uh-huh. in like six years down there. And they always did pretty well in baseball, softball, had a decent field hockey team, and always ran track well. So like like all the white sports, basketball, nothing. nothing. <laughs> like yeah. not even, no. But we had to cover all the schools. Right. So I had one of my writers go and I say, okay, well, it was a really bad team. I think they finished the season one in 22. And I'm like, dude, okay, it's a Thursday. We have nothing else in the public school schedule. But Chesapeake is playing Oakdale. It mm-hmm. only had freshmen because it was the first year. Oh. So I'm like, okay, well, it's Chesapeake senior night. And they're playing a school with all freshmen. They knew what they were doing. So, they so I'm like, chance. okay, yeah. absolutely. I'm like, told my buddy Justin, I'm like, all right, man, you go cover it. Hopefully they win. We'll see. We'll give them some good copy, whatever. Yeah. He comes back and he goes, dude, 
they lost. <laughs> so, so, oh, God. So, he, so he wrote the story and we got a nasty letter the next day. And it was something like, it's bad enough Chesapeake lost. Did you have to write about it and take away all their dignity too? <laughs> was, was it your fault really i know it's like it's like my fault like they were only gonna get one story that year we we're right. like hey all these seniors are gonna go against freshmen whatever <laughs> exactly yeah yeah they were set up they were nicely but it didn't work out huh? no uh, not at all uh, what, what yeah. position did you play in baseball baseball i played outfield and i played catcher for like a few years you know like early on you kind of like move around you kind of like see what you're good at. There were a couple of guys that would kind of stick to one position, but um, I played catcher for like one season. It was fucking playing catcher is the worst. I, I, those guys should definitely get paid more than everybody because they're putting in more work. Dude, well, it's the, like back there sweating their ass off. It's crazy. Well, it, I'm a lefty, so I bought a catcher's mitt and I caught during practice, but they would never let me catch in a game. Yeah. And but if you pay attention to like how the managers in baseball, yeah. a lot of them are catchers. Because they right. have to just watch everything. They're consistently the smartest player on the field. Right. They're like the field generals, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But they're constantly getting hit in the freaking face with bats and stuff. And it's just, it's incredible. Yeah. My grandpa played pro ball. He was a catcher and uh, made it to as high as AAA. He, uh, <laughs> he said to me one time, he goes, Mike, and he held up both hands and he counted all the fingers he broke. He broke nine fingers, some of them multiple times. Yeah. Because at the time he had to catch, he caught the ball in the mitt and then had to cover it with his right hand. But sometimes he was too quick with it and he yeah. anticipated too quickly and broke his finger. So that's a, that's a grueling position. Yeah. I got an injury that was kind of baseball related, but it's not. Uh, it, it it happens in baseball quite a bit. It's called mallet finger. You ever heard of this? No. No. Okay. So you have like, you have two tendons like on the top and the bottom of your finger, right? So there's one that like holds it straight so you can like point it out. And then there's another one where like when you twist, you turn it or you grip something, it like turns the other way. Right. So it holds that you need both of them. So it keeps it straight. So uh, when you tear one of them, it just kind of like hangs there. Right. There's nothing. Yeah. There's no strings holding it up. And this happened in New York. I was coming home from a comedy show and uh, I was taking my jeans off. And I just like jammed my finger, right? Yeah. What I thought was just a jammed finger. I kind of, you know, this happens sometimes and you just kind of like, you know, pull on the finger and it's yep. fine, you know, but I did that and uh, it, it didn't, it didn't like go back, you know? <laughs> so my wife is sleeping in the room and I, I go wake her up and I'm like, honey, honey, my finger, I don't know what the fuck happened to my finger. And I just like show her and it's like, like an ET, you know, it's just, oh, no. like, just hanging there. And she's like, Oh my God, what? And it was mallet finger. And I just got it from like taking off jeans. It was the worst. So I like had <laughs> have like a splint for like literally like three months because of this. That might be the dumbest injury I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like I, I broke my collarbone twice over a summer playing softball a couple years ago. And the first time was legitimate. Like I uh, I was playing first base, ran into catcher and caught the ball, but broke. Like we collided and I spun around in the air and landed on my collarbone, like my shoulder. Mm -hmm. So 10 pieces. I mean, I'm just shattered. (laughs) So I rehabbed a little bit and played like two months later. I broke my collarbone again by stretching, just warming up before a game, stretched. And I heard it like, just like it was like a rubber band, like just uh, snapping. It was just awful. But I'm like, how am I going to explain that to everybody? I, I broke my collarbone while stretching. Like, how fragile am I? Right. So thank I you mean, for that. Should be the opposite of that. Yeah, that hopefully yeah. that builds people up. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was doing some jokes about it, and I was like, guys, denim isn't safe anymore. You know, <laughs> be safe out there. I'm here to warn you. Uh, yeah, that's so what got- happened after I like just turned 30 too. So it was just like my body reminding me to like, it's not going to, it's all downhill from here. It's like you pay <laughs> off a car and then the catalytic converter goes. Right. Like, exactly. You're driving it off the lot basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what got you into comedy? I don't I mean, I think, I think I just got like the bug from like my first set, you know, whenever you yeah. see somebody do well, their first set, you're like, oh shit, they're going to be coming back, you know? And I yeah. think I had that. Like my first set was like, it went really well. I think I was just doing like one liner and uh, I had this one thing I was doing just one liner. 
basically. And I had this one joke planned where I was going to say I have something to get off my chest, right? Yeah. And I had put <laughs> one of my girlfriend's, my now wife, bras underneath my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> And I was going to pull it out of my shirt. I was already a prop comic to begin with. Oh, my God. And so and so, uh, that was going to be the joke. I'm like, I, guys, I got something to get off my chest. And I have like a bra. But like the thing is that I had, I never did the joke, right? So right. little little did the audience know is that I had a bra basically on the whole <laughs> time. And I walked away from the stage. I think that's even worse than just doing the joke is just having it on the whole time. How long did you have it on before you took it off? Like, did you um, just go out drinking afterward too? I don't think so. Maybe in the car ride home. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I developed a new kink. But I was like, oh, this is kind of nice, actually. I don't know. You never hope for somebody to get a DUI. But that's the one time where I'm like, you know what? Yeah. It'd be interesting. <laughs> yeah, he's going to pat me down and be like, son, do you have a bronze? Is that underwire? Color? Yeah. <laughs> be like, yeah, it's really scratchy, actually. This is not my style. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like, I always loved comedy, man. I loved SNL growing up. I, I don't know, but like stand-up, I'm trying to think. Like my first exposures to stand up, I, I went to a couple of different shows, but I'm trying to think. I loved Seinfeld growing up. I don't know, like when my obsession really happened. But like, I, I've since I started, I've become like a complete student and nerd of everything. Yeah. So, like, even when I was in New York, I would like do a couple of sets and then definitely like go to a show. And like, you know, if somebody's doing a pop up set or they're running their hour, I'd make sure I go and see them. That was really awesome for me. Um, What's the best show you've ever seen down in the city? Um, I've seen a couple. I think they all get mixed up now. But there was a show that they ran at uh, UCB. It recently closed. Yeah. But this was actually the other theater, the UCB Chelsea, that was closed before. They moved it to like the West Side, which I don't even know why they did that. But anyway, the UCB Chelsea was like the original one, which was like on like 21st Street. And that was awesome. It was down in the basement. People would like uh, all get in. And this this is a show called Whiplash. And it would be like at midnight on, I think it was Monday night. And like there was no lineup. They wouldn't announce the lineup. You would just show up. And uh, Aparna would usually host. Or there was a couple other guys that would host regularly. I'm trying to think. But Aparna was, she, it was her show. I'm trying to think. I, I saw Louie drop in once. I saw Aziz come in. I saw Sarah Silverman. Todd Berry, Pete Holmes, ton of people there. So nobody, nobody big. Nobody big. No. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of those people were on the same show, but I'm just completely blanking on like there was a, one lineup that was just ridiculous. Todd Berry came through. A few other people. Um, yeah, I, I th- those were like some of the best shows that I saw. I've seen a couple of hours get recorded. Comedy recordings are weird, but they're pretty awesome too. I saw Sam Morrill record his hour. I'm trying to think of who else. I would always like, there was like a, there's a website, Blacklist, that you can go on. And they're always looking for like audience members on shit. And it's mostly oh, that. free. And it's a, like big cities like LA, Chicago, uh, and New York. And if there's like a recording or they need a live studio audience, they'll just throw it on there and you just sign up. So I got a couple of shows through there too. That was pretty cool. How, how long were you in Rochester before, like doing stand-up, before you went to New York? Three years, I think. Yeah. So I, I moved to New York in 2015. No, like so four years. So you won You won Rochester's Funniest in 14. That's right. And then yeah. moved. Okay. Yeah, basically, yeah. 2014, yeah. So that was the summer of 2014. And then I moved in June of 2015. Yeah. So that was that. And then four years later, I'm back. So. How beneficial was that to you? I mean, obviously you're back here and I don't personally think like that's a failure, like, right. you know, because you, you gain everything out of it and you're obviously a talented comedian. Yeah. I, it was just, it was just difficult, you know, it's just like, um, you just kind of like have to make a, a decision on like what your future and your career. And, you know, I, I'm just happy I'm able to do comedy in Rochester still, and then also maintain a life out of comedy too, Yeah, you know, where I can continue a career outside of comedy, but also put everything I want to into comedy too. In New York, I just wasn't able to do that because I was just like working from 8.30 to 5 and then leaving there. I was sometimes like change at work and then doing comedy from like 6 o'clock to like who knows. 
usually like six to 11, basically every night and then doing that all over. That shit just wears on you. So So I'm going to assume that your advice is before you move down to New York City, make sure you can pay your way that way, like doing comedy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what my advice is, man. Just make sure that you're really good. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I always thought like, like if you move to New York City before you're ready, that's going to help you get ready faster because you can get more stage time. But I've also done the mics down there. And they're depressing. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, like, like if you're used to being in upstate and having people watch you, like all the comedians sticking around to watch you, that right. is completely the opposite of New York City. Yeah. I mean, there definitely are those guys that where they get up on stage and people come in the room. But if you're not one of those guys, then uh, it just it just fucking sucks. You know, bombs just feel different there. You know, <laughs> bombing in New York City just feels way if I bomb in Rochester, I just go home. I'm fine. But if I bomb in New York, I just like think of my whole life, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like every decision you made. Yeah. You're like, what am I even doing? Oh, uh, yeah. So <laughs> I had a few of those. And uh, yeah, it, it, it just wears on you mentally as well. So if you could, so you moved in, you know, 14, 15, and then you came back. Like, is Rochester's comedy scene much better now than it was? Because it seems like, from my perspective, yeah. Rochester, Buffalo, Albany, I would put at the top of the list for hubs in New York. Yeah, so outside of New York City, yeah. Yeah, of course. Point. Yeah, I mean, every couple of years, there's kind of like an exodus of talented comedians. So Buffalo goes through that, Rochester goes through that. I feel like Rochester hasn't really gone through that in a minute. I don't know who would leave, maybe Malcolm. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's just where like myself, where like if you you just become too big for the yeah. city and like you kind of do everything you can do and then you're like, OK, I guess I have to do this if I'm going to continue doing comedy. But yeah, I mean, Buffalo has an amazing scene and they continue to like kind of reload all the time. And then they have their old guys like uh, Rick Matthews is amazing. I'm, I'm not going to start naming names because I'm definitely going to forget people. Not that you're rooting against anybody, but. Does it make you feel better when you watch somebody bomb? Like somebody oh, yeah. who you think is really good. Like, does that mean, oh, like, oh, wow, it can happen to him too. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's what it'd be down, being down in New York too. It's kind of like the great equalizer because you see guys that go up there that have Comedy Central specials and they bomb and eat shit. And you're like, oh, man. <laughs> then you're like, why am I even doing this? Because if uh, this guy that has an HBO special goes up there and freaking eats a bag of dicks, and I'm like, oh, man, I, I shouldn't even try, you know? Right, right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, I guess there is a little bit of joy. But it, also, that's what comedy is. I mean, it's just like you go up there and you try something. If it doesn't hit, it doesn't hit, you know? But uh, you just keep going up and trying. <laughs> you know, I told the story before, but, you know, I'll have a run of really good shows. And then, mm-hmm. like, I, I had a good shows in Binghamton, Ithaca, Scranton, Utica, and I'm using pretty much the same set for this like two or three weeks span. Sure. And I go back down to Scranton, do a different room, bomb. And yeah. I'm like, I don't like same jokes, same energy. I'm like, what, what's the difference there? But you never uh, know. I mean, you're yeah. never going to crack that code. Right. Yeah. It's, it's really hard to figure out. I know you drive yourself mad trying to do that. I actually, my last set, I, I, I had a really good run of shows too. You know, like your show was great. And then yeah. like a couple of weekends, you know, the whole couple of months leading up to like your show, we're doing well. And then uh, the last show that I did before we everything got shut down was, uh, I think it's March 14th, right? This is a yep. Saturday. And it, it was basically, it was like a weird mood already where it's like things were already being canceled like crazy. Yeah. And this was like, they had to cut the capacity of the room in half and all of this. And uh, I went up there and I hosted for a, this uh, local headliner, this guy Dan Viola, very funny. But his audience is not my audience at all. Oh, I'm not no. Blaming my, but it's just like, right. it just That's how it happens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they just didn't like me or they didn't want me on stage or I, I don't know. I, there and was something. And you're hosting. Exactly. So it was just like, and uh, I have been freaking bombed like that. I don't know, in a while. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Well, it's good that you could coast right into the pandemic with that. Exactly. <laughs> like, this this will give you two or three months to think about what you've done. Two or three months. Yeah, I know. That, <laughs> well, well, hopefully. That's, that's real optimistic. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
anyways, yeah, but like it's one of those sets where like you record it, and I'm, as I'm walking off stage, I'm deleting it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you're like this is no use to anybody. <sighs> yeah, so I don't know, man. Yeah, See, you were uh, you're Rochester's funniest person, 2014. Uh-huh. Do you remember the the people you beat? Uh, this guy uh, that's really great, a great comedian. You might know him, AJ Foster. You know oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, excellent. Yeah. So he came in second that year and he didn't lose anybody. So he's he probably should have won. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so well, anyway, I, th- yeah. I think things are going okay for him. Yeah. No, he's fine. Yeah. He doesn't need that money. He's doing no, okay. I I opened for him in uh Utica in January. Yeah. And I I've seen him a couple times, but he's solid. Yeah, no, definitely. He's a really nice guy too. Yeah, so I beat him. I'm trying to think. A bunch of more local guys. RJ Prepper, I think, was in there. Yeah, he was real early on in his comedy. Um, trying to think, Todd Youngman was in there. Uh, he works the club here, so they're all still working quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I did was that... in the finals before that, so it was just like, oh, really? Yeah, in my first year of comedy, I came in third, and it was just like literally just charisma alone and stage presence. <laughs> <laughs> I had a joke about the shake weight, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> who didn't <laughs> i didn't deserve to be there with that <laughs> i'm sure it had nothing to do with sex oh no no not at all nothing about jerking <laughs> off at all <laughs> no no of course not yeah that would be hacky yeah <laughs> oh, no, i i did that contest in 2017 i think uh-huh. yeah i i went up there with pretty ambitious thoughts and i'm like i'll do well and, and <laughs> so i'm driving from binghamton it's two and a half hours away and uh, mm-hmm. Vinny Polino, I meet him for the first time. Uh, but, but I'm like, hey, uh, you know, I'm Mike Peters. And he goes, oh, cool. I said, yeah, I'm from Binghamton. He goes, oh, you expecting a lot of people? I was like, no, I'm from Binghamton. He goes, good luck. <laughs> and I was like, this wow. isn't going to go well. I forget who won, but I know Andy Kuhn yeah. uh, was on that show. He placed I know, I know in top you're in four. Love with that guy, so. Yeah, I like Andy a lot. He's he's a good guy. <laughs> uh, but, but, uh, <laughs> Hold on, like you had yeah. Andy on here pretty recently, yep. right? Oh, yeah, I think his ep- his uh, episode came out in April. <laughs> Why you wanted to beat him? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, I just like to fuck with him, but that's funny. I was just like, I knew that was going to come up at some point, and I wanted to say something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I told I told Andy too. I'm like, I was like, dude, you know, nobody knows this, but uh, I always considered you like my rival in Rochester. And he goes, what? Like, because we were in two contests together, and he beat me both times. He beat oh, me head to head in Who's Got Next. And wow. then, like, you know, whenever the funniest person Rochester came by, I don't know if he finished third or fourth, but I missed the cut. So I figured, uh, fuck Andy Coon. Man, he's not even paying attention to you, though. He didn't even know. Nope, not at all. <laughs> I don't know. I felt disrespected then. I feel disrespected now. Unbelievable. So, yeah. I'm glad he has no hair. Yeah. So, Andy, if you're listening, man, fuck you, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, Knowing Andy, he probably wakes up every morning thinking everybody says "fuck Andy Coon." Yeah, no, he loves that. Yeah, <laughs> that's, he feeds that's off good of morning. It. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing now? Like to, I mean, you you start you started something with Sean Day. Yeah, another funniest person in Rochester. That's right. Yeah. So, like, is that a prerequisite for to work with you? You have to be a funniest person in Rochester. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, please don't release this until you win. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's a he's a buddy of mine actually. Um, I guess he told me this. I opened for Tom Green a couple of years ago at oh, the nice. Carlton, and uh, he didn't know me back then, but he was at the show, and uh, I I did pretty well that weekend, and he was just like, "Oh man, who is it? he's one of these comedy nerds too?" Where, like he'll look up somebody, and I was coming from New York too at that point, so he's like looking me up and everything. So he told me when we started hanging out now, he's like, "Oh man," he's like. He's like, oh, you were great that weekend. I wish I could have said hi to you. And like, he was like, oh man, fanboy fan me. Yeah, <laughs> he was a real stan. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so now, like, we're like just like hanging out, and uh, we're doing like this. I don't know. We were trying to figure out is it a podcast or not, but um, we're just doing like this video chat type of thing. We don't use Zoom now. We use uh, Streamyard. I don't know why, but <laughs> it's a different like platform. Well, Zoom's getting everybody else's money. That's right. So might as well give somebody else some plugs. Exactly, yeah. Before this all happened, uh, the pandemic came out, and then we couldn't hang out. We couldn't make out in bars. 
uh, we, we would like meet up and like just talk jokes basically. Right. So we'd bring our notebooks and just like open our notebooks literally at a bar, get a couple of beers and just like sit there and like hash out stuff. Be like, this is a thought, this is an idea, this is something, this is a premise, right? And that's literally what we're doing on this thing now. It's called Talking Jokes with Dario and Sean. We just started bringing on guests and we just, you know, whatever they're thinking, if they have premises or rough drafts of jokes, they just kind of come on and we like see if, if they actually have legs or not, you know? I mean, that's got to be nice to be like, I'm, I'm doing a couple of virtual mics yeah. and I need to do it. Otherwise I wouldn't do anything mm-hmm. like this podcast and the virtual mics are all that's keeping me sane because right. I'm not working at all. Like, like my head would be just, I'd be depressed. I'd be whatever, but the yeah. virtual mics help. So how beneficial is that talking jokes for you guys just to keep straight? Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, like Sean, sometimes like he, he'll text me during the week and he's like, Oh, I haven't written anything. Should we even doing this? You know, like all this. And like, of course it's difficult because we don't know when we'll be able to get on stage, but it's just like, uh, you know, athletes and all these people don't know when they're going to be able to do their thing, but they're still shooting shots and still taking reps. And, you know, you got to stay sharp. And if anything, it's just for our mental health, like you said, you know, just writing jokes and telling jokes and kind of communicating with each other and finding your people. I mean, that's, that's what we need right now. So. That's why we're doing it. You started a show on Fridays, right? Yeah. You had really good momentum, and then you got to stop it. What do we do? Three of those? Maybe two of them? Yeah, I think only two of them, and we sold out both of them. This was at a a new venue here in Rochester called Knott's. I mean, the bar's been around, but we haven't been doing comedy there. And I just approached them in like January or December, and they were completely down with it because they were doing fringe shows there. We have a fringe festival yeah. that comes through and they were doing some comedy shows there i'm like why is no one doing comedy there so i approached them and they were like yeah let's do it and it's been amazing yeah and so we're gonna try to get back obviously i mean it's my venue and uh i mean i think you know when when uh, we get back to it it's just gonna be like people are gonna want to get back out and do see comedy and live events and stuff so I don't, I don't feel like it's gonna completely kill us you know how long do you think it's going to take for people to feel okay with going out again? Like, are you worried about that at all? Because I know, like, as a producer, that's the thing that kills me because I know that I would want to get out right away, but I yeah. also don't ever think about my my health and safety. Yeah. I mean, when I do say right away, I mean, yeah, I think there's definitely going to be a buffer of time where, uh, yeah, people, including myself, will be definitely be hesitant of being in large crowds and things like that. It's just something that I think is not going to leave us as a people for yeah. some time. You know, I know this isn't funny, but <laughs> but seriously, but like uh, you know, going to uh, you know a concert or something where like you're on top of people and stuff, and we're like, oh, you know, it's weird to me now. <laughs> I think the worst thing I've done so far this pandemic season, this vacation, whatever it is, uh, was watch Outbreak uh, because have you ever seen it? I don't think so. I watched Contagion. Uh, I don't know if I saw that. I might have. I, I, oh, I watched. Okay. I've watched just about every other thing on Netflix. So yeah. everything is bl- blending together. Contagion's on Netflix, right? I don't know. I don't think so. But oh, okay. One, then no. Yeah. And that's a new one for me. But yeah. there's like a five or ten minute uh, stretch and outbreak where they just show how germs are passed, how quickly they're passed. Right. Like just a, a chain chain reaction, a, a domino effect. That's something I didn't need to watch. I know. Because like, next, next concert I go to, next comedy show, that's all I'm going to think about. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we're going to be touching each other at all. Like, it's just like, kind of crazy. <laughs> I think of it. I mean, like, every, it's just going to be a whole generation of germaphobes for sure. I don't know. I mean, you can't not think about it. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I was, I've been talking about this, like, that, like, the handshake is completely dead. You know, it, I had an interview like in early March and we didn't handshake. We didn't like shake hands afterwards. Yeah. And I was like, did that interview even happen? You know, like what was that? Yeah, it's not official. Like, elbow bumps at the end of it. I'm like, this is weird. You know, <laughs> there's going to be like business deals that are closed with like fist bumps. We're like, really? Is that worse? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm a hugger. Yeah. So like that's done. Like I'm, I, I don't know what the new phrase would be. It, it, it's not me too, but it's it's going to be something right. like "get away from me." <laughs> like I don't know. I, like, but like okay. I'm going to be in violation yeah. of that one right away. Like that's I'm just so used to it, you know. And, and I host so many shows, so I'm used to introducing people. Uh-huh. The last show I did was March 14th, 
I hosted a, a women's show, which should yeah. never happen. And uh, so, you know, I did like 26 up front and that, the headliner did an hour and we made it work. But I forget how we said hi or whatever. I think we just waved at each other. Right, right. I mean, that, exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, that was at that time. Where it was just like, how was the audience there at the March 14th? Were they it cool? was, they were great. It was small. We had like 14 people. Okay. They were so thankful that we had the show. Okay. Because yeah. like, like, and I, I did three shows a week. It was, we did Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I think we had 12 or 14 at Ithaca on Thursday, five mm-hmm. in Syracuse, five. And that was, that was sad. And yeah. then we had 12 or 14 in Binghamton on Saturday and everybody, you know, people were asking me all weekend, are you going to do that show? Are you going to do that show? And I'm like, right, yeah, we're right. not canceling. Four of the five women on the show dropped out. And I don't blame them at all. But, you know, I'm not the words bad now. I'm not an alarmist. I'm not I'm not very conscious about what is happening in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm so like, you know, I've got tunnel vision. So I'm like, okay, well, how do I get through the show? Like, like, then I'll worry about everything later. But, you know, we did the show and we did well. I mean, we both had good sets and nobody wanted their money back. You know, like it didn't feel robbed that a dude was on stage. I think everybody understood, Hey, shit happens. You know, right. we're just, we're just thankful. We're in, being entertained. Right. And I, you actually gave him a show. So that's yeah. good. Yeah, man. Yeah. I think it's, you know, it's going to be a little bit, I'm, I'm going to, I have a couple other projects kind of in the works. So I'm going to try to do some stuff. I'm real ADD. So it's like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta keep moving. Yeah. Not doing comedy is killing me for sure, but it's just, uh, you gotta, gotta, just accept it for now and try to put your energy somewhere else. You know, we'll get back to normal eventually, or whatever yeah. the new normal is. We'll they'll let us outside. We'll be right. we'll be fine eventually. Yeah, yeah. I had a freaking uh, I had a headlining show doing at the Carlson in uh, May, and I had just like a couple of days ago I canceled it because it was just like it's not going to definitely happen for sure. Yeah, I think the New York stay at home were like extended to like May twenty fifth. Anyways, it's May twenty third, so it's oh like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it doesn't even make sense. And he was like, okay, I'll take it off the the, ca- the calendar. I'm like, why do you have anything on the calendar right now? I know. And like, <laughs> like I, I'm really thinking about like the first two weeks after everybody could go outside, yeah. I don't even think it's worth having a show. Right. Like just let people reacclimate themselves to outside. And then, you know, if we're allowed out on May 25th, how about we start June 11th? You know, right, we'll, we'll right. start going that way. Not, I mean, I want to brighten the, the, the mood here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you remember your worst set ever? Um, it was March 14th. <laughs> <laughs> was that really your worst one? No, it was real bad, though, man. Oh, they hated me. And listen to this. So a customer from the bank, I recognized, and he was in the audience. And a couple of weeks later, he comes through the drive up and he's like, did I see you at the club? Oh no. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you saw me. And then I went and like hid. I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't take his transaction because I was like, I don't want to talk about this at all. <laughs> oh God. That's awful. Um, I'm trying to think aside from that, I opened for Jamie Kennedy once at uh Jimmy Bradport yeah. and uh, I completely fucked up his intro. This was early on in my career. What'd you call him? I think I said Jamie Kennedy, but like he told me to like, you know, say, I don't know, Malibu's most wanted or whatever he was promoting at the time. And I think I completely, you know, fuddled it. And it it was just like, oh, nice try. But, you know, like when he he kind of like made a joke about it. But then afterwards, I didn't even know this was going to happen. I'm like so early in comedy at this point. And uh, there was like a write up about the show. And (laughs) they included you a little blurb about my comedy and they like kind of ripped me man yeah oh no <laughs> yeah they were just like uh something about like cliche comedy and it was just like basically calling me a hack and i was just like oh my god i didn't even know <laughs> i was just <laughs> trying up there you know right <laughs> uh, i probably had like you know 10 minutes maybe at that point and they're like go out there and do 25 and i'm like okay you know Right, because who's going to say no? Right, yeah. It's one of those. There's a paycheck. I'm open for Jamie Kennedy. I'm in a college. It's a huge crowd. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely not one that you say no to. But uh, it was uh, maybe not terrible, you know, during. I think people enjoyed it. It was pretty fun. But afterwards, it was just like, oh, shit, I guess, uh, I don't know. This particular reviewer hated me. So, (laughs) 
Ah, fuck. I don't know. Yeah, right. Was it at a newspaper or the college newspaper? Yeah, I'll see if I can find it. Maybe it's, it, I bet it's still out there on the internet. Nothing ever leaves, you know. Yeah. This is well, probably he was, back in what 2013 or so. Yeah. <laughs> well, if he was working in print journalism, probably doesn't have the job anymore. That's right. Takes all yeah. that. He's eating newspapers now. So. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed you're wearing a, a Simpsons shirt. That's right. And yeah. First of all, awesome hoodie. Thanks. That's great. Big Simpsons fan, I take it. I am, but I'm not a huge, like, I don't know, like, a lot of trivia and stuff. I'm just, like, kind of a 90s fan, and I feel like... Everybody is. Embody yeah. that. You know, I'm a, I'm a child of the 90s. Like, I uh, was born in 87, so, like, my whole childhood was, like... Oh, yeah. You know, but um, we were talking about that a little with basketball. But, yeah, so all 90s shit is my shit. So, like, Bart Simpson is, like, uh, that's basically who I am inside. You know, still a kid. <laughs> He had thick legs, too. That's right. Yeah. Yellow, thick legs, just like me. <laughs> Do you have a favorite episode? Oh, man. See, like, I knew you'd ask me, but, like, I, I don't know where this. No, <laughs> man. See, like, I'm not that big a fan. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Once in a while, I'll go back and watch stuff, but I'm not that huge a fan. I'm more of a like, South Park fan. Oh, really? Uh, okay. So, I, so you were, what, 10 years old when that came out? Yeah. So, like, we were in, like, fifth grade, I think. Yeah. And we were... You know, that that show is not for fifth graders. For no, sure. no. I, I watched it um, because the reason I know when it came out is because I've had this argument with other people. Yeah. But I remember that when I was a freshman in high school, they had a Christmas marathon. Mm-hmm. It lasted two hours because <laughs> yeah. they only had four episodes. So, like, they had nothing else. Yeah, yeah. No, we were, um, yeah, in fifth grade. And we got in trouble because, like... This is like the big trouble that we got in fifth grade. We were like swearing a lot. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. And then somebody told on us. I don't know who, but we were just like saying fuck every other word, basically. <laughs> and somebody, we were like, we got in big trouble. It was like, you know, this type of trouble that you get in when you're like in fifth grade where you call like the teacher, you know, a poopy head or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then like, you're just literally like, She's like, somebody says, I'm going to tell on you. And then like, you're sweating immediately. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. oh my God, this is going to end my career. <laughs> <laughs> Your permanent record. <laughs> oh, which never was a thing. No, no. It's just somebody like they just hang that over you. And uh, so that you don't do anything. I got ISS once. And this oh, yeah. Was, uh, yeah, this was, uh, I'm trying to think, this was in high school, maybe ninth or 10th grade. And uh, we had a substitute teacher. And you know how like everybody loses their mind when yeah. the teacher. And it's why they exist. No, yeah, exactly. I was no different. So I think everybody was just going, you know, like fucking paper airplanes flying around the room, all type of shit, you know. And I I got up and I started dancing on top of the desk. <laughs> 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 I I stand by that, honestly. To this day. <laughs> I'm glad it was I, justified. Yeah, right. Exactly. They, they should have just put me in dance class. Like if this was 2020, they'd be like, you know, let's support this, you know? Yeah. They're like, don't, <laughs> don't lock him up. They're like, let's explore this now. <laughs> <laughs> support his ambition. You don't know. Yeah. We yeah. had, uh, my dad always talks about this. He, he, lo- he was in love with my fourth grade teacher uh-huh. and Miss Lake and Miss Lake was a fucking bitch. Like yeah. we all knew. Yeah. She was from Houston and came to Binghamton and like thought that might've been better. And we're like, you're an idiot. So, like, we'll teach you. And she would always talk down to us. She's like, you know, my kids in Houston wouldn't do this. I'm like, fuck off. Really? Go home. Say that? Well, we, she would say that. We wouldn't say fuck off. But we were we were a little better behaved. But she had this thing where she had, a like, a punishment ladder where, like, you'd take – she had a class full of clothespins. We all had our name on it. And then every day you would start at the bottom rung. Yeah. Well, what's going to happen when you have 12 boys in the class or 16 boys? Like we just we're like, OK, this is a game. So right. the first thing you do, if you <laughs> let's say you got in trouble, you had to you sign an autograph. You had to go to the front of the desk where everybody's watching you and put your name down there. And then everybody's cheering. You sit down and then your friend gets an autograph. Then you got to go up and up the ladder. So I forget what everything was, but I know it was like isolation was you had to move your desk to the like corner of the classroom. Okay. Uh, out of class isolation. You had to move your desk outside of the classroom. Right. You're just in the I, hall I'm hall. sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so like then your friends from other classes would come and see you. Right. So where's the incentive to not do that? 
Right. And then uh, I'm sure, you know, they were a call home and trip to the principal's office. Like, I, I think I got to like the fourth rung one time. And that was as far as anybody went. But I'm like, I'm going to, I'm really competitive. Yeah. We had a substitute teacher who <laughs> his lessons would always end with, and then my son died in a car accident. So don't drink and drive. What? We're like, dude, this is earth science. What are you doing? <laughs> like, it was just weird. Like, like he was obviously going through some stuff. Oh my we're God. like, all right, well, let's study elements later. <laughs> uh, I was thinking about recently, um, this was in high school, my math teacher, this guy, Mr. Abel, I don't know, he's probably still out there. This was back when um, dating websites like weren't a big deal, right? Yeah. And uh, somebody found that he he recently had gotten divorced and they found him on a dating website and like printed out his profile. And I was like thinking back, I'm like, man, oh, no. we were assholes back then. Like that is a shitty thing to do. But like, honestly, like he was probably really just like a sad guy. Right. <laughs> E-Harmony paying the subscription. You know, the <laughs> shitty thing is like, I'm 37. I'll bet you anything. Most of my teachers were about that age. Right. So like, or, or younger, you know, we're going through the same things they went through. Right. And we had no sympathy for them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Eh, what are you going to do? <laughs> I had one teacher who, and this is a good story. We, uh, his name is Mr. Her and he would sign everybody's yearbook at the end. Like you wanted to have him sign it because he always had something witty to write. And in my, in my yearbook and my buddy's yearbook, he wrote, if I were a dog and you were a flower, I'd lift my leg and give you a shower. <laughs> and it was the greatest thing ever for like, you know, a senior to have his from his teacher. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah my teacher's going to pee on me. This is great. <laughs> did, he, did he pee on you? Did it come out that he was into like, well, like not me, on kids or not me, but my friend, you know, like <laughs> he liked my friend a little better. Years but. later, he's <laughs> yeah. arrested. I know. I know. <laughs> they found uh, videotapes of him peeing on children. <laughs> oh, you can't hide those forever. Like, no, eventually, no. you want somebody to see the work. You're like, you see this in the yearbook. He said it years before. <laughs> this is the confession. <laughs> Did you ever watch It's Always Sunny? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Not okay, it, it might have been like the third episode, fourth episode. Yeah. Uh, the episode's called Charlie Gets Molested. Uh -huh. So they go back and uh, they find out that this teacher has been molesting kids all the time, or like way back then, at least. And it ends up being, you know, a lie. But Mac, he gets pretty pissed off because he was ignored by that teacher. You know, it's a, yeah. it's a, the joke yeah. that everybody has about, you know, all the priests never molested me, so I got depressed. Right. So, but right. it's, it was exactly like that. You're like I was the hot kid, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like you know, <laughs> I have body issues because the priest and the teacher didn't like me. Right. Right. <laughs> he wouldn't pee on you. No. No. So <laughs> I don't know how to transition from that to what I want to ask. All right. You and your wife are doing well. <laughs> I just, My wife and I, yeah. yeah it's like, there's no way to go from, from you wouldn't pee on me. To, How's your wife doing? Yeah, no, she, she's not into that type of stuff. But, uh, we're doing she, well. does, she, does she go see a lot of your shows? Yeah, yeah. Um, For the most part, yeah. Like, definitely on the weekends. Like, I'll, I'll let her know the ones that are going to be good. Um, she'll, you know, pay attention to, like the lineups or whatever. I'm like, oh, this one is worth your time. Come out, or I just like need your support and just come out with me. Uh, your show out on like Seneca Lake, we actually had some friends come from like the Syracuse area out to that one, so she got to hang out with some friends too. So that was cool, and I, you know, it, it was kind of a drive, so it was good having her along, and she really enjoyed it. But um, yeah, I mean, she misses the the shows too. She just mentioned that the other day. She's like. I, you know, I miss going out and just being entertained, really. Well, if you, if she ever needs me to help, you know, create a reunion, you know, that's basically why I'm in this business. So your wife can see her friends. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. No, they were going to come out to another show. Justin Jackson had booked me on one in Syracuse. Oh, okay. WB Brews. I'm sure they, they might have come out to that one too. But um, yeah, that was at the end of March. So obviously canceled too. But, yeah. Um, no, she, she enjoys comedy. She, uh, she enjoys me. I don't talk too much shit about her. I don't think <laughs> on stage. So there's nothing Why would to you? Tie Yeah, yeah, she's great. So smoke with me, just talking shit about myself. So <laughs> yeah, which everybody loves anyway. You know, you, yeah. you get thick legs. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, no, no, we're doing well. Things are good. Yeah, we're just uh, weathering the storm together. 
she's the only yeah. one that I touch at all. So like, not only is she like my wife where like it's intimacy and all that stuff, but she's also like all the other categories of touching, you know, yeah. or like, yeah. I need somebody to like shake hands with once in a while and like slap me up like one of my bros, you know. I was like, now hold me like a grandmother would hold me, you know. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's the only one, you know. Uh, so, you know, I have heard divorces are yeah. probably going to be on the rise. That's what I heard, yeah. But no, no, we're, it's not going to happen with us, man. We're good. Has she gotten to the point where she knows which comedian she wants to see? Uh, she knows which one she doesn't want to see, I can tell you that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, she does have her favorites, too. Yeah, there's a bunch that she does, like, especially in, like, the local scene. And yeah, she's out quite a bit, so they know her, too. So she's friends with them. Right. Only other thing I want to know is uh, we share a very deep bond with Taco Bell. Uh, yeah. And uh, oh. have you have you been able to partake? Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah, okay. All right. Okay. yeah I've, I've had them. Actually, I just had them delivered this past Saturday night. It was good. Um, I got that triple chalupa. How is that? Not great. Uh, <laughs> Doesn't that bother you? Like, like this th- should be amazing. And yeah. it, it probably, I haven't had it yet, but it's probably just too much. Yeah. I mean, a regular Chalupa is good. And I think they, uh, they kind of took a step backwards with this triple Chalupa, honestly. Plus like the delivery doesn't do Taco Bell justice, you know? Yeah. There, there's a lot of foods that don't deliver well. And Taco Bell is definitely on that list. I don't know how you are. I'm, I know I'm fucking weird. But I, yeah. I will either eat Taco Bell at the restaurant mm-hmm. or at my house. But I have to be in control over the speed with which I get to my house. Like, like my dad and I went out and he goes, hey, you want Taco Bell? I'm like, okay, but what are we going to do? And he goes, well, we'll get it here and then we'll go get you know wood for the house. I go, no, that's not going to happen because I don't want to go to Lowe's and wait 20 minutes while my you know, nachos become one. Like yeah, there's, there's know. a, there's an art to it. It's great food, yeah. but it's not real food at a certain point. Like oh, yeah. you have to eat it. It gets real soggy and gross. Yeah. Yeah. Right out of the drive through is, is best where you, you pull out of the drive through into one of the parking spots in the lot. Oh, really? And you just eat it right there. I don't go you're inside, like a, man. You're like a junkie. Know. Oh yeah. Have you ever had it? Have you had, ever had it while driving? Yeah, once in a while, I, sometimes I like to, on the drive home, I'll get, like, uh, some extra things just to eat on the drive home. <laughs> so there's, like, like the Mexi Mouth, like, there's, like, the cheesy roll-ups, they call them now. Oh, okay, yeah. Mouth, yeah. But the cheese, they don't put the beef in them anymore. They're just the cheesy roll-ups. So I get a few of those just for the ride home. I just eat them, like, fries, you know. Sometimes I almost get in car accidents trying to eat, like, a, <laughs> a gordita on the way home. <laughs> that won't work. I had a buddy who he wanted me to, we stopped at Arby's and he goes, yeah, just eat it on the way home. I go, how are you going to eat a beef and cheddar yeah. on the road? Like you're just asking for a new shirt. I know. Well, that, and also you might die. So That too. I, I always forget about that part. <laughs> <laughs> but you need a new shirt if you, that happens to be real bloody. Clean underwear and a clean shirt. I think that's what that's mom says. Right. Exactly. Uh, do you have a standard order at Taco Bell? Yeah. Somebody just asked me this recently. Sean and I were just talking about it, I think. Yeah, I go Chalupa, I go to Gordita, I like the Double Decker. Those are basically it. Fiona always gets the quesadilla with chips and queso. That's great. Other than that, she gets nothing else. I always like to try the new stuff on the menu. Yeah. That's like my dream job is to like be the the food tester. Conan O'Brien, have you ever seen it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he did. He did, you know, for everybody else. Yeah. He did a 10 minute bit maybe about where he went and was a taste tester for new Taco right. Bell creations. Yeah. That's a dream. Yeah. That is my dream. Yeah, that's amazing. So whenever there's like a new menu item, I always try it. And I follow all these food blogs and everything. So I'm always uh, aware of uh, when like a new item pops up on the menu. So I don't understand why they ever got rid of the Volcano Burrito. Yeah, you like that? I do. Did, yeah, I like, I like that one. The, the aged cheddar chalupa? I don't think so. Oh, man. That was great. Really good? Yeah, they need to bring that back. So my standard order for, I mean, a long time, probably since I was in college. So we're going mm-hmm. on, you know, 18 years or something like that, was a, a nacho bel grande yeah. and a chicken chalupa supreme add nacho cheese. That's how you have to say it around here so right. they understand it. And then I might get a third item. So if I'm trying out a new item, 
I'll get that in addition to my standard. Right. You got to have that slot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's your, uh, it's not good for my waistline or my cholesterol, but you're yeah. running back wide receiver. The, what do you call that? Yeah. That slot you can, the slot you back. Know. Yes, exactly. That's the, you know, that, that position. You never know what it might be. You, and obviously you go, you got to go Baja Blast, right? No, I'm, uh, I, I just get Pepsi. I just get Pepsi. Oh, man. If the wow. Pepsi's not working, I go root beer. Okay. I've never had a Mountain Dew. Never? Never. Not oh. one time have I had Mountain Dew. Wow. Okay. I don't know. Baja Blast is the best, man. I like the judgment in that voice. Completes the meal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not really eating Taco Bell unless you're finished. You're washing it down with some blast, bro. No, I'm not going to try it. I don't know if I'll ever have a Mountain Dew because I've made it 37 years without having one. Yeah. And that's a pretty good streak for me. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, Sean and I were talking about this and like whenever I bring up Taco Bell, everybody's just like, Oh, it gives you diarrhea, you know, all that those jokes. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you know what else gives me diarrhea? Everything. Everything gives me <laughs> diarrhea. <laughs> like I should probably see a doctor, but you know, who cares, you know? It's just like I had a salad the other day. Guess what? Diarrhea also. Right. So right. I'm going to continue eating Taco Bell. <laughs> I just think like like it keeps you regular. Like you have to think positively. Right. Yeah. I know. I don't know. The no. haters come out. It's so pathetic. But every year for, again, close to like 20 years, on my birthday, I get Taco Bell for yeah. one. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I don't celebrate it with anybody. I like my mom was like a few years ago. She's like, cause I moved back to Binghamton from Baltimore and she's like, well, what do you want to do on your birthday? Cause we always have like this family dinner for everybody's yeah. birthday. And I said, the only thing I want to do is go to Taco Bell and go home and watch TV. And she's yeah. like, so not with the family. I go, no, no, this is, <laughs> this is my day. Yeah. I want to do it that way. Yeah. And she was yeah. pissed off. But now they volunteer to buy me the Taco Bell. I'm like, sweet. I'll save 12 yeah. bucks. Viva Mas, bro. Um, <laughs> I, um, you, have you heard about these uh, cantinas, the Taco Bell cantinas they have? No. In the city, they had a bunch that have alcohol, so they had like margaritas and shit with them. It was wild. But like the interiors were like really nice, and you're like basically encouraged to hang out there and get like wasted and eat Taco Bell. I always thought the best business move I would ever think of was... Uh, a taco, like if you own a Taco Bell franchise, like you just own one mm-hmm. next door or across the street, you also own a bar. So you can yeah. coordinate what time your Taco Bell closes and what time your bar closes. Like just do right. that. You would clean up. Yes. Yeah. I worked at a pizza place in college. I went to Senior Geneseo. I worked at this uh, pizza place, Mama Mia's out there on Main Street. And that was basically the drunk spot. So we were open until like four o'clock in the morning there was like two rushes so maybe like three actually so it'd be like the nerds come in that were just like finishing up at the library right and then like that first rush of like the young kids that can't go to the bar or they're like not hot enough to like just get in with <laughs> the fake ids you know they're basically nerds too and then uh <laughs> the third group where would just be like everyone coming from the bars and it just be like a complete circus shit show. It was just insane. One time we had this guy that uh, passed out in the dining room. This was at the end of the night. The rest of the dining room was just completely empty. This guy is just like, he's gone, right? He's just got his head down. He's just like kind of slumped over. And we, we had to clear the dining room, right? So he's just sitting there. And so we put on Bohemian Rhapsody and just grasped it. And we all just like sang at the top of our lungs, just around. <laughs> and he woke up like in the middle of this and just kind of walked out. <laughs> I swear, I wish he remembered this. And he's like, oh, I, I, they were singing Queen to me. I just, what happened? You know? <laughs> what like, a weird like, night. like now everything would have been recorded. Yeah, right, exactly. You could have yeah, played no, that perfect. back and, and made money on that. It would have gone viral. You'd have been a, we, a hit. We would have had that moment for sure, yeah. We would have threw that up on live stream or whatever. <laughs> put, put it on uh, Worldstar, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I appreciate you doing this. And, yeah, uh, you know, it's so nice to see, you know, a person. <laughs> like That's what these podcasts are coming down to, just so yeah. that I know people still are alive. Sorry I'm not better looking. Uh, no, it's fine. You have a sweatshirt that I envy. So that's, right. you know, you don't know 
any other characters, but it's fine. Yeah. I you know I, Bart Simpson. I, that's it. Bart Simpson. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> we should have ended a minute ago. <laughs> What's your social media so people can follow you? Oh, yeah. So, um, Dardar Stinks on Instagram. Dardar Stinks. <laughs> this is horrible. <laughs> uh, Twitter, I don't really post much on, but if you want to find me there, it's uh, Dario Party 64 I love puns. I think they're yeah. great. So I'm just messing with you. But that's that's an awesome name. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, if you want to find all the stuff, uh, just DarioComedy.com. So I have uh, all my not dates on there. And... Uh, <laughs> And I got videos and I got my bio and, uh, you know, nudes and things like that. Yeah, there you go. And that's all you want anyway. Like, yeah. that's all I'm searching for. Uh, and then every every Tuesday for the foreseeable future, that's you would show a day. Tuesday at 8 o'clock. Yeah, just, um, I don't know. I'll throw it on my page. So if you, if you feel weird about adding me as a friend, if you want to add me as a friend, you can do that too. But uh, yeah, my page, Dario Joseph Comedian, uh, you could just like it there and I'll I'll start throwing it on there too. Talking jokes with Dario and Sean. It's just a fun, good time, you know? Well, again, thank you so much. And uh, we'll talk after I hit the stop recording.